Did you guys see that theory that uh, it's about Cedric Diggory dying, becoming a vampire, and then becoming a literal bat? That's what Batman was. Mean you mean the theory that it took him like almost a decade and a half to finally turn into a bat? Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> he went from my boy to hang on spider monkey to Vengeance. Vengeance. Wait, when was the when was the Goblet of Fire released? Oh, you're gonna make us feel old fuck. Uh that's what this podcast is about, it's dude. Cool. I'm gonna say two thousand seven. Two thousand five. Fuck. <laughs> we're th- we're three years shy of twenty years. Jeez. No, fifth, ten, right? No, fuck, twenty years. I wish you guys could see Marcel's face, just like, uh, and Brian, like, yep. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of United We're Nerd, where we talk about all things nerd. I'm here with my Bat-tastic co-host, Brian. How you doing, friend? You know, I am having a bat-tastic time on this bat-tastic day. And you're in the right bat place. And of course, alongside, can't forget, Joel. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for bringing me to the bat cave of nerdum. Well, by now, if you're here, and of course, if you don't read titles, we're talking about the Batman today. 2022... Batman directed Matt Reeves. Uh, we're here to. This is going to be a full spoiler. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get into it. Um, <clears throat> and we're just going to, yeah, we're just going to get right in. Um, this movie, uh, I think, when it was originally announced and announced, Robert Pattinson is going to be now our Bruce Wayne. I think at first the internet was kind of in an uproar, guys. I don't think you I don't think anybody anybody expected this particular actor to be able to pull off the role of uh playboy billionaire Bruce Wayne. What do you guys think about that? Well, you you have to think about most people probably didn't really give a fuck about Robert Pattinson's career like after seeing him in Twilight. So that's like the last image that a lot of people see is the the sparkly vampire boy of twilight but if you actually see the work that he's done like after that like i could totally i could have totally tell it's like yeah of course why not have him try to be batman you know it's not it's not that big of a stretch but um i like right off the bat i was like thoroughly um impressed and overjoyed at how well he did in the movie nobody hates edward cullen robert pattinson twilight than Robert Pattinson himself. So <laughs> I think everybody had the same sentiment. You know, you, you really didn't expect it. You know, the, the Twilight franchise, as big of a hit as it was, you know, for most audiences, it was just, you know, some teen, you know, kind of schlock, right? Nobody really expected the character. I mean, Kristen Stewart, you know, she's uh, she's a fantastic actress in her own right. But, the you know, those movies were just catered for a very specific audience. and. Uh, sometimes people forget to realize that these people are just actors. Like they just they they get paid to do and be those characters. Um, but you know, I was super hesitant at first. I mean, I love Batman. I love DC. You know, I stand by the DC and 
all of the shit pile that it's been up to this point. You know, 2022 <laughs> has been the DC year, I feel. I mean, so far, we have so much Marvel stuff coming out, but I, I, I'm preferential. I prefer DC over Marvel in, in, gen, in general. You know, I like the characters in DC more than Marvel characters, and that's my personal preference. And so coming into this movie... I was like, oh man, can he do it? Can he do it? Like, I I think we're just so used to seeing, you know, all of these older actors playing an older Batman, you know, uh, like Christian Bale, very, you know, uh, seasoned, very kind of, uh, very, these, these two Batmans, like, you could, they're so different from each other. It's so insane. Um, yeah. What about you, Joel? What did you think about uh, Robert being uh, Bruce Wayne? Um, you know, kind of like you guys, like, hey, Edward Cullen's gonna be Batman, but also, like, you know, I, I having actually watched Twilight in <laughs> the last five years, I was like, okay, you got a lot of flack for it, but you know, like you said, he's an actor at the end of the day, did his job. Um, when I first saw the trailer, though, I was like, wow, this this is what DC should have been doing before. And, um, you know, I, like I said before, I'm very Marvel leaning, but this was like, oh, I actually want to see this. This looks great. looks dope. And then, you know, as time goes by, we're hearing more and more. And then, you know, we heard good reviews. Like, you know what? Let's go check it out. And it's such a big turnaround from the Batman I think we've been seeing, especially with, you know, you mentioned Bale and then there's Batfleck and then, of course, the other campy ones, which, you know, they do inspire what comes next but i think with this one it was i mean we're gonna get into it but it's like they took everything that they knew they needed to work on and they just meshed it together so well and it just works and the, the ensemble is really strong too robert pattinson did an awesome job but i think he also did an awesome job because his crew his team the actors he's with is just they're they're like st- all standing on each other's shoulders to bring out this great movie i feel well, let's talk about that. This cast was so strong. It had such a strong cast uh, that really, really helped really bring everything to life. Everything that Matt Reeves wanted for this movie, the tone, the themes, everything was really, really handled well by all the actors. I mean, uh, I just really got to give a shout out to like Colin Farrell, man. That The prosthetics and the makeup Yo. that went into creating the Penguin was insane. Like... And many people went into the theater not knowing it was Colin Farrell. And, you know, there's stories of Colin Farrell walking around in the costume and him being stopped by people like, hey, you can't go there. It's like, no, I can't because I'm Colin Farrell. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. Zoe Kravitz did an amazing job. Of course, Mm -hmm. Paul Dano is an amazing actor and he's such a good uh, uh, creep. It's such a bad that's such a bad way to describe him but if you've seen movies like i don't know if you guys have seen uh that movie prisoner with um that one is who's in the jackman jake hugh jackman and jake gyllenhaal uh paul dano's in that and he is that one probably one of my favorite paul dano movies it's amazing of course jeffrey wright you know we've all seen shows like uh jeffrey wright uh what what is it Westworld. Westworld. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, Westworld, and he's so strong in that. Um, God, and Andy Circus, man. You know, when he's not, he's when he's not covered in dots and bubbles and CGI, he's still an amazing, such a strong <laughs> actor. 
See, pe- people keep forgetting that he's an actual good actor, and it's not like like no, he's not just like oh the monkey guy. He's not, <laughs> he's not the eight guy. He's like he's actually he's been an actor for a long time. He just felt he fell into the mocap just because it was like a new thing, and like he he pretty much like at the time like pioneered like the mocap like industry for the most part, but. At the end of the day, you still need a very strong actor to pull off, like, even, you know, believing that something like Caesar can exist on screen, but actually make it, like, believable. So, I I had no doubts that he was going to pull off a very good Alfred, but I wanted to fall back to Jeffrey Wright. I think this is probably one of my favorite versions of Gordon. Really? On screen. I felt... Him, him, and uh, Robert uh, Pattinson's just chemistry played off really well in this movie. Like you yeah. could tell that they yeah. they were just syncing up. Like every scene that they're like every time they were on the screen together, I wanted to see more. I wanted to see like what they would do together as a team. I I liked I liked Jeffrey Wright, but you know, like God, you know, it's so hard because I feel like Gary Oldman did such an amazing job as. As Gordon too, oh yeah, it got it. It's just and this, these, these, and it's hard to compare these movies because when we think about it, and we'll get into it. Tonally, plot-wise, they are so different from each other. They, they are, just, they're in two. For me, they're in two different genres of movie. Yeah, they're both superhero movies, but one is like a fan- fantastical kind of over the top, you know, really animated, really over, like, you know, uh really really animated where this one is very much on the ground it's very much it's gritty it's it's you know he's doing his own work you know that the the billionaireness of it doesn't come out like it does in like the dark knights in in like the christopher nolan batmans or uh like the tim burton batmans where he's got these big fancy fucking jets and planes and stuff like that and they really flaunt that bruce wayne billionaire like aspect of everything here it's fucking a dude on a bike rolling around the city in the rain like until he gets into a jet-powered fucking race car you know but that's it's so it's not relatable but it's more human if that makes sense at least that's how it feels to me it's a lot it's a lot more down to earth for sure just because like we're we're getting to see an on-screen Batman that we haven't really seen, because mm-hmm. a lot a lot of the times that we have a live-action movie of Batman, it's always like he's very established into kind of like who he is, and so it's like you have that Batman like full-fledged Batman persona, and then you have like the billionaire like philanthropist like Bruce Wayne, or this or in this movie, you have a Bruce Wayne that is still kind of dealing with the the trauma and kind of like just the overall just kind of done with it all kind of attitude towards his parents dying and it's like he's not fully committed into kind of living up to being a Wayne and so he's in his second year of being Batman and kind of just using that as a vehicle to kind of vent his frustrations but also trying like in his mind trying to do good for for gotham city of course we'll find out later that it 
he was going about it the wrong way, but it's a very interesting take for a live action Batman. Cause we've, we've seen like comic and animated many different versions of Batman, but I feel like as far as like live action goes, this is a very unique take, which is weird because like you think that as far as like Batman goes, like we would have seen something like this by now, but to have like a more grounded kind of like detective noir kind of Batman is interesting. Mm -hmm. So let's just kind of go into it. You know, let's, let's start overall, you know, just give me like your overall thoughts. What were your, you know, like out of, uh, out of how many bats, let's say out of 10 bats, what would you rate this movie for yourself? And then, you know, give me some overall thoughts. Like what did, what did, what was your overall opinion about this movie? Um, maybe cause it's fresh for me still. Like I still like really enjoyed it. I, I'm going to say strong 10, 10 out of 10 really? for, for being fresh down to earth. The greatest, he actually does detective work. Um, they do the commentary in the real world and, uh, with a subtleness, but still presence, which is nice. Like it's here. You can't ignore it, but you know, they're not like, it's not super imposed though. At the same time, it's like, Oh, this is what you're talking about. And it's very graceful. Also, I uh, just lost my thought. Um, oh, I, there it is. Um, it is funny and campy and serious, and they mix it well, as opposed to Batfleck. All serious. A couple jokes. The uh, Schumacher uh, ones, or uh, Burton ones, all camp. A little bit of serious, right? Um, again, I think they... It's just overall like a good movie with good moments, too. It just... It just shines. And then, again, I'm going back to the detective work. He actually puts in the work to solve the mysteries and the crime. I love, you know, I love the bail shit and, you know, Batfleck had money. But he's, like, figuring it out. He works with Alfred and, you know, sometimes not really well. But he's, you know, he's young. He's jaded. He's But he's working on it. He's using his technology. And in a smart way, too. And it just made it enjoyable. And the fact that, like, it's year two... He's inexperienced. It adds to it, too. There's a moment he gets blasted with a shotgun because he's being a little careless, but for, you know, kind of a good reason. It's like, oh, shit, is he done? But, you know, he still has the good armor. He's fine. And another one, he's swinging in his glider suit, and he gets fucked up when he catches on the bridge. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, this fucking guy should be decapitated. Of course, it's PG-13. He's going to be okay. But it's like, shit, man, he doesn't have it together. And that's makes it great, honestly. It's, it's so good. And I've been talking to a bunch of different people. I actually put this above Begins, above Dark Knight Rises, and all the rest. Like, it, I don't know about Dark Knight, because that is, like, super high stakes, really good action all the way. But if they continue the trend of what they've been doing, this will surpass, this trilogy will surpass the Nolan trilogy. And, and for good reason. It's just well-crafted and a lot of good thoughts. And... For a while, I've been complaining to Marcelo and other friends, like, DC needs to do their own thing, right? They're trying to catch up to Marvel and the Avengers, and this shows me they're doing their own thing, and I'm happy to see more. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I do, I do agree that I feel like starting with this movie, with the Batman, that DC is finally kind of getting off of that we need to be Marvel, the train that started with with Batman versus uh, Superman, 
So it's kind of nice that we're getting kind of back to the way DC used to be, where it's like they'll they'll just make a story just to make it. And then if they want to do something down the line that crosses over with something, they can. But they're just focusing on one story, and that's it. Um, that's why I probably have to give it a nine. Okay. I really like this movie. There are there are some like small things that I can understand like that kind like when you think about it too much it kind of doesn't make sense but that's kind of like up to like su- suspending belief mm-hmm. you know kind of thing for like a lot of superhero movies but overall uh, I really enjoyed this movie um, it's just I don't know there's just something about it where you can tell that the detail is there and the love was there. And um, I think I forgot. And I think it was an interview with Robert Pattinson talking about his preparation for being um, Batman. And apparently Matt Reeves um, handed him a few uh, comics and was like, here, read these. Don't read anything else. And it was like year one Batman and um some other issues that are kind of like going with the theme of the movie that they're making. He's like, here, read these and don't read anything else. And so that's what he he went to read. And, and um, I think Matt Reeves said, don't watch any of the other movies. And Robert Pattinson was like, well, I grew up with those movies. So it's too late. I watched them again anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like really cool because like, apparently because of that, um, like he said, he was very interested in like reading like the Court of Owls and like other Batman comics. So it's like you can tell that there is love going into making this movie, and it really shows. So, um, and just the I don't know who sound mixed this movie, but I I believe that they deserve an award because goddamn, not only do I think that the music was per- perfectly picked and made for this movie, but just like the sound effects itself, like when he's beating down on that, like gang leader in like the first 15 minutes of the movie. Oh, you could feel like, I, I don't know if there's D boxes in our theater, Joel, but like, I felt those punches. Holy shit. I think that it were, was so good. It was like icing on the cake. Like it was, it was but it's like, it's really like you well. felt, you felt the resonance in, in, yeah. in your chest. You know, every, for every like fucking punch they brought down on that dude, but uh and just like the the overall theming of the movie, I thought was done really well because I know we'll probably talk about it in a little bit, but it's just it's interesting that even though in the end technically Batman fails, he gains a moral victory out of it, of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool because like, yeah, it's nice to have like the happy, like, Oh, you know, the superhero saves the day, but it's like, it's nice to have kind of like that complex, like, you know, storytelling, especially knowing now that they are going to plan to make, to move this forward. And just to see where that trajectory goes will be very interesting. Yeah. I um <clears throat> for me this movie is a nine. Uh, it's not. I mean, with any movie, it's never a hundred percent perfect. So there's definitely a couple of things. 
you know, for me, plot wise, there's a couple little things that I, um, I didn't have issues with, but I was like, I could have done five minutes of this less or something like that because the movie is three hours long. Now, when you're in it and you're watching it for the first time, of course, you don't feel those three hours. But there's definitely some some moments where I was just like, okay, well, this could have been a little bit shorter or this could have been a little bit different, you know. But overall, this movie, I mean, of course, at, at this point, it's, you know, my favorite DC movie that's come out. Um, and, and it's definitely up there with some of my top movies. I think, I think what I liked about this is that, yes, it was a superhero movie, but it wasn't a superhero movie because he's not out there... Um, you know, fucking calling his bat jet to come and like soup him up. This motherfucker's putting on a, a a jumpsuit and then you know eating it like Joel said, just on the pavement. He's driving a normal motorcycle. You know, I think the I think the most out outlandish thing that he had in this whole movie besides this bat suit was the fucking car, right? That's oh that's, yeah, which we'll oh, get into, God. but we'll we'll talk about the car cuz that was like I, I, right I, uh, I told you guys that's probably my favorite iteration of the batmobile to date mm-hmm. um so you know there's yeah this movie was a solid 9 it, it it did some really great work and i really think that warner brothers is finally kind of catching on a little bit late but they're finally like all right well we should probably be a little bit more hands off and just let these directors and writers and stuff just kind of go with what they think you know i mean that's how we ended up with shows like peacemaker could you imagine if it could you imagine if it was like any different peacemaker wouldn't have been as successful as it would have been or the suicide squad you know they i can't you know that movie is a fucking whole redo uh, of of probably one of the worst movies (laughs) ever made um but this movie is so solid it's the acting the the editing the music the score the everything was just so perfect uh in in almost every way so i'm definitely you know i didn't even realize that they were doing uh other sequels so that makes me really excited because i enjoyed this i'd i'd really like to see more um yeah no absolutely i i I really yeah i can't this movie did almost everything perfect and it's it's really awesome to see for a dc movie because You know, I personally am getting kind of tired of like the Marvel formula, kind of the same kitsch, the same kind of goofiness. And, you know, I for me, it's not hitting as much anymore. I just feel like it's like oversaturated. So this was a nice little break while being able to enjoy like one of my favorite superheroes. Right. Like this was like, okay, cool. He's got the suit. He's got the car. All right, cool. This is this is the shit. Let's go. Um, yeah, so what I wanted to do next is kind of talk about what you guys thought about, like, the plot line of the movie. Did you, you know, like, was there, did you guys have any issues with it? Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, I mean, I'll start. So, uh, movie started off really awesome. I think what I really appreciated about this movie, we didn't see a parent death scene again. We didn't see, right? Um, How many times have we seen... Uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne get shot in an alley by some fucking thug, right? How many how many times do we need to see the pearls fall to get the How idea? many times do we need to see At those least pearl, 50 pearls right now. like the wet floor and then little <laughs> Bruce standing there like, oh, you know? How, <laughs> like, movie. This movie gave us an already semi-established Batman. 
the whole movie starts off with him saying, you know, people when they see the bat signal, they know they know to run and to be afraid. You know, they it, it's already established. We know who Batman is already, guys. We've been dealing with Batman since fucking what the sixties. Mm-hmm. We don't need to know that his parents get shot and murdered, and it leads him down this rabbit hole to want to fight for vengeance and justice and be this whole fucking thing. Like, just give me Batman. I know who he is. I know what he looks like. Damn it. Um, and so for them to start off the way they did was so strong. Um, it's very brutal. It's so brutal. Um, Like he just beats down on people so much in this movie. I want to make a, a little insert here going back to the sound design. I love, how they brought up how, you know, he everybody's afraid that he might be in the shadows. And it's like, Batman, most of the time, is very quiet. But the moment when he arrives, the idea to have, like, those just heavy footsteps creeping into, like, the, the tiny little light that there is, fucking perfect. They did it every time he was about to come in and kick ass. It was, ugh, I loved it. What did you think, Joel? How did you feel about the first like fifteen minutes of the movie? Um, you you said everything I, thought, you know, you said it all. I just, it's. I'm so glad we didn't see the Waynes die again. It's, yes, there's a <laughs> Batman. He's ready to kick ass. And again, like, is he in the shadows? I don't know. Probably err on the side of caution, right? And oh, that was just a nice touch. For something, you know, we know this character already really well. Even since you're little, you know about Batman. And then you still get a fresh take on it. And I just done just done really well. Yeah, I mean, he he's the Dark Knight, right? In, in, in most media that we know, he kind of lurks in the shadows. He kind of comes up on you by surprise. And this one, he's like, fuck you. I'm going to walk out at you as slow as possible out of a dark alley. <laughs> and I'm going to have you make throw the first punch. And I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then you're going to hurt and everybody else is going to hurt and you're going to know. Um, so we get that first crazy scene. He beats the shit out of people. And then the next thing we see, uh, which I think I might be flipping it around. I don't remember if the Riddler kills first or if Batman comes out first. I, I, I'm flipping those the Riddler, two. The Riddler opens the movie. Yeah. Okay. So that was out of a horror movie for me. That was intense as fuck for me uh being a fan of horror movies to see him stalking the mayor like that and just kind of like coming up on him and then viciously beating him to death i was like oh shit this is god could you imagine if this movie was rated r oh god it'd be so much more blood but like just like imagine like who'd have thought that they would decide to open the movie with like just binocular like see like vision mm-hmm. and just like heavy breathing mm-hmm. watching like the mayor in his like apartment and it it, it lingered there for oh, at least yeah, two really minutes did. and it's like oh this is kind of unsettling but it like it works because they they wanted to make the riddler very unsettling because he's a serial killer who's just going around Knocking off pub- like public officials, some that you know maybe deserved it, but still, it's like it's such a different take on the Riddler because we're so used to like the Jim Carrey, you know, <laughs> zany, 
Edward Enigma, just like guy in a question mark jumpsuit, dude with like big, like big electrified hair, orange and- hair, and like a top <laughs> bowler hat. So this is a very like different. Yeah, he was in a he all, he, he was in a military job. So here, hold really quick. Let me just we're going to talk about the characters in a little bit, but I just want to say that. I can no longer wear the glasses uh, that I own the pair of glasses that the Riddler owns. And now I can't <laughs> oh, wear no. them. I, feel, oh, no. I was like, I was like, I know those glasses. <laughs> going to find you on a website. <laughs> yeah. Labels. Right. Um, okay, cool. So we see, we get introduced to the Riddler. We get introduced to Batman, both really savagely, very, you know, very intense. And then we find uh, kind of moving forward. We find, uh, a thumb, just a thumb, you know, on a hard drive or whatever. Just, yep, he cut somebody's thumb up and thumb drive. It. Oh, that was so smart. Just a smart bit of writing. Yeah, you know what's so what what this movie does a really good job of too is really immersing you into Gotham City, not just Bruce Wayne, not just Batman, but mm-hmm. Gotham City, right? There's a lot, a lot in this movie that talks about, like, the police department, the DA's office, all, you know, the the mobsters, just everyday surveillance. It really kind of brings you into that world, right? So we get taken to the, um, is it Carmine Falcone's club, right, that the Penguin just kind of runs? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right, so we get, you know, we see that, we see what goes on at night. We see what happens after hours. We see this dope ass club with dope ass music. By the way, I was like feeling it the whole time. I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> and um, and then we get introduced to the penguin, which man, like I said, I just can't. I can't really stop. I, I can't. He's such a great actor. It was so such well done. Job. And we get introduced, of course, to to our other. Would you say Selena's a protagonist in this movie, guys? She, I would say that she's kind. She's not. I think it's one of those things where, like, she kind of starts out as the protagonist and then kind of shifts towards more of an antihero. Right, because it's it ends up becoming more like uh, self interest kind of things, you know, yeah. which it pretty much was the whole time, um, and then. You know, we kind of see that. So, really, what we start seeing in the movie is that everybody's fucking corrupt. Fucking everybody except Batman and uh, and Gordon. Everybody else is literally fucking on somebody's payroll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we then, you know, we see that Batman follows Selena home, finds her friend, and then she goes back to pick up that passport, right? find out uh batman asks selena for help she goes back to the club and then we get the da gill which shit we know what happens after that you know um i feel like the pacing up to that point was really solid we kind of got everything really solid it was really clear motive you know selena said i'm only doing this because i want to find my friend literally cool we know like cool we can move on there's nothing, there's no secret kind of undertone to it. It's literally what she wants to do is find her friend. Um, and, you know, after 
were kind of now general kind of at like the memorial service. Now, for what was interesting for me is we got very, 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 very little Bruce Wayne in this movie. He is such a small part of the overall movie. Mostly he's in his bat suit the whole time. It's it's crazy to me in this movie how people react to Bruce Wayne entering a room. He's like the fucking superstar. Well, because they have to think they they framed it so well as like this is a this is a Bruce Wayne that is a recluse. He doesn't he doesn't care about having a public image. He doesn't want to be seen. He'd much rather be Batman. So like, and they sh- and they showed that off where he he is. If I had to like put it in percentage, I want to say he's Batman, like generously like eighty percent of the time in the movie, mm-hmm. and twenty percent he's he's Bruce Wayne. So it's like, and they did a good job of making it show like, oh, this is like this is a special occasion. It's like nobody sees Bruce Wayne that often. Oh, look at like he's here, you know. And it, I thought it was done really well. Um, now how they keep that going for like the next movie they make, I don't know what will change at that point, but I think for this movie, they did a fantastic job of like really showing the motives of, of characters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, we see in the movie that Gil Coulson, the district attorney for Gotham city has been abducted by the Riddler and has been strapped with some saw time bomb around his neck, which again, this is if this movie was rated R, it'd be it'd be so intense because how many DC movies do we see someone literally getting blown up? You know, like it was such an intense scene. That movie had that that whole scene in in the uh where they were holding the service had me anxious, man. When he was doing the when he was doing the uh, the quiz, had me on pins and needles. I was like, "Oh, like what's he gonna do?" Um, and I didn't think he would do it. He did. He blew him the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and Batman was just fine. Yep. I mean, he took it. So okay, sorry. So here's here's, here's where it was weird, right? He wakes up. He gets blown up. He wakes up in the police station. And, like, how long has he been passed out? At no point during that time did nobody decide, hey, you know what, let me just rip his mask off. I think, like, I think it's either said that it was approximately, like, half an hour to 45 minutes of them taking him, carrying him all the way to the police station, and then putting him on the table. That whole scene was wacky to me. The, the police station scene was so weird to me. It's just like, it was like, uh, it was like a Benny Hill thing, right? All of these police officers are chasing after the Batman after he, <laughs> after he tries to, after he escapes the, the police station. It was so funny to oh. me because they're like lining the stairs and they're all like <laughs> pointing and shooting up at him. It was like, that was like the wackiest <laughs> scene ever for me. Oh no, but can I just say this is one of the reasons why I think that this version of of Bruce and Gordon are like perfect, just because that whole scene where it's like, "Hey guys, you know, I'm the only one that I'm the only one that can get through to him. Just give me a room for a second. And they're like, "All right, Gordon, you know, this is your one opportunity." And so they all leave the room, and then 
fucking Gordon gets up close to the fucking Batman. And then it's like, he's looking like, it's like, he like gives like a little like punch. Like, why the fuck do you do that? And then like, he like whispers and it's like, okay, I have the key to the door. You take her right down the hall. Leads you straight yeah. To yeah. <laughs> <He punched the laughs> You're going to have to punch me. <laughs> punch the shit out of him. It's a homie though. It was, you know, I don't know if it was intended to be comedy, but I found it so funny when everybody starts running out and just starts chasing him and like toppling over each other to get to the Batman. Like, and he's just running through the fucking police station, just out, out, out. Well, that kind of goes to what you're saying, Joel, about like, there's like a good mix of campiness, especially in that scene. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it just. It it's equal parts serious and equal parts goofy as fuck, and I enjoyed it. You know them. You know we were talking about it, and it's like you know them running through the the cops running through the halls like ah charging. Let's get the Batman. But also like they're seriously trying to catch him, but while shooting up their own building, I'm like face palming and shit. But it's it's great, and just again like Gordon Jeffrey Wright, you know great great supporting actor you know he did awesome in the bond movies here just as good and it just really feels like yo he's a homie to the batman if no one else got the batman gordon's got the batman in this movie so that was a that was a fun scene um yeah i think we, we were talking about a big group of our friends when we were playing on xbox like no one thought to remove the mask but at the same time i feel like he would have a contingency if like even if gordon was like you know what Let's see who it really is. But at the same time, Gordon's got his eyes like, no, no, no. It, you know, this it, keep trust with the Batman. I need to, you know, keep his identity safe. Well, that just goes to show how much he trusts. Like in the end, he actually trusted Gordon because mm-hmm. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think at any moment during that scene, like he questioned Gordon's like intentions at all. Like yeah, he was pissed off because everybody else is trying to grab at his as mask, but I don't think he ever like really was like I trusted you. <laughs> yeah. Following the police station scene, we get to probably the best scene in this movie. Uh, we get to we get to the the docks or the warehouse wherever the penguin is found to be dealing oh, drugs and still running that run, still running his drug ring. Selena Kyle shows up and now she kind of start is starting to show her true colors, right? She's stealing money, which she said that she's owed. And, and then she finally finds her friend's body mm-hmm. and then a shootout incurs, you know, people start shooting at each other, blah, 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 blah. You know, Selena runs away with the cash and all of a sudden penguin gets in his car, starts hauling ass. And all of a sudden we see it. Just in the corner of the fucking warehouse, we hear that fucking car turn on. And that sound is probably one of the coolest sound design for fucking anything, uh, for any of the movies that I've ever seen. I, that sound, that car turning on, I, I like, since I saw the movie over the weekend, I go on YouTube every morning and t- fucking play it, right? Like, I need to hear it. <laughs> you should send it to me. I want to wake up with that. And a really, really great chase scene ensues. 
And so that was all practical, I think, for the most part. Like him running mm-hmm. through the gas tanker was a practical design. Mm-hmm. And Re- yeah, go ahead. No, Matt Reeves really loves his practical effects because um, he, like he most said of that, that it chase had to be practical. practical. He said it had to be practical. There's no way that that scene was going to work if it was CG. And he's so right because it's just so visceral. It's so raw to see that, you know, it's like watching Mad Max Fury Road, right? Like you see those cars getting tossed around. Yeah. It, it, it totally leaves a, def- a different reaction uh, to the audience, I feel, because you see that thing running around. Oh, man. He, yeah, the Batmobile is so, oh, it's so, it's insane. I just want to backpedal a little. He actually, again, remember, he's here too. He stalls it for a second. He, it jumps forward, and he's like, oh, fuck, there's a pause. But then, did he really? Yeah. It did. It, 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 once it gets going, you know it's the bat, and it's like, oh, shit, this thing's going to fly. And yes, I agree. The sound design for that fucking engine. I didn't, ah, that was, oh, this oh, icing on the cake. That cake. See, because I can I can really appreciate just like the design of this Batmobile. Like there, there the other Batmobiles had like their cool little quirks to them, but I feel like this one just is very special, just because of how like kit bashed it looks. Because mm-hmm. it looks like, like he just got like a muscle car, and then him and Alfred just like spent months building this fucking jet engine that. They just slapped on the back, and um, I actually just remembered this. But earlier in the movie, it's one of the first scenes, like in like the Batcave, with him and Alfred, and you actually see the engine on an engine block. Yep. Like, um, I think Alfred's actually like working on it, so it's just like, oh man, we're gonna s- later on in the movie you get to see that thing fucking go. And I agree, I think it's one of the coolest sounds. Because literally when, like, the engine starts revving, it's like a demon's being unleashed. And, like, you can kind of see just, like, the sparks of the engine just, like, kind of like, filtering through, like, the hood of the car. And it's like, if I was, like, one of those goons, like, outside, I was like, I would run. You yeah. Know, I wouldn't want to stick because, like, someone with that kind of car is going to do massive damage. And it kind of did. <laughs> so I don't typically buy... I don't really typically buy like Lego sets anymore, but they have a Lego Technic Batmobile set for a hundred dollars that I will be buying so that I can build it and have it in my office. I was like, I have to have this. This is so cool. (laughs) Um, yeah. Amazing scene. The sound design for that whole scene. Uh, I saw this movie in IMAX. I don't know about you guys, but I saw this in IMAX. We did not. Oh man. It was, it was intense. It was so loud, but it's like, you know, we like cars, right? Joel, you like a muscle car. Brian, I'm assuming you like a muscle car here and there. And just have that roaring sound just kind of vibrating through the movie theater. You know, it, it was so good. Um, I imagine. So we find out that Penguin was not the rat. He wasn't the informant. And it leads them to the orphanage that's funded by the Wayne Foundation or the, um, what was it called? It was like the... Uh, no, um, it was whatever that found that foundation like the, that they created. It was like the, re, it was like the renewal fund, something yeah, like that, yeah. right? <clears throat> and we or find it was out supposed to be funded by the renewal fund, mm-hmm. yeah. and we find out 
kind of a kind of a dark history about the Wayne family and what Thomas did for Martha and stuff like that. Now, I'm not too familiar with like the year one stuff, so I don't know how much of this came from like the comics. I'm not familiar with like the whole Martha Wayne being uh, like institutionalized and Thomas, you know, I don't know how much of that is uh, based off of like a, a novel or a comic versus that something that was just written for the movie. I don't know if you guys know. Um, I will say in the telltale, they hinted at the Wayne's like fudging money and working with crime bosses. So I think that's probably a theme that is current in like Batman lore or in the past, but as far as institutionalized Martha, I, I gotta guess that's pretty fresh. Yeah. I I think the idea of Martha being an Arkham is a new concept for this movie. Cause as far as I know, like I'm I'm not like super clued into everything Batman. I think that's like a very new concept for at least like his parents' origin. It really it really changes a lot, honestly, when you when you when you take into consideration who Batman and Bruce Wayne are as characters and how much influence they derive from Thomas Wayne and how much he looked up to his father and stuff like that to kind of see this damaged or flawed parenting. It's really interesting because it really develops Bruce because he becomes so angry about it. Like how he approached Alfred, who of course had knowledge about this because he's Alfred, right? Alfred's always there for the Waynes. And after he got... <laughs> go for it. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. What I, you got? I, no, no, I think you're, you're coming up on, on that important piece of information. Alfred, you know, gets blown the fuck up. And that whole scene when he's like racing towards uh, Wayne Manor or the Wayne penthouse or wherever he's staying at, and he's like calling and calling and calling and calling. And finally somebody picks up that little time jump. I thought was so cool. Cause you thinking it's in the moment, like he's going to get to him. He's going to get to him. But he was like, nah, he was late by like a lot. He was late by like 30 minutes and like <laughs> Alfred's already dying. <laughs> like, like that their, their, their other, uh, uh, maid or whatever picks up the phone. She's like, Oh dude. Yeah. Like 30 minutes ago. And it's like, everything's on fire. And in, in the, you see in like the, the firefighters in the background. Right. Right. Fucking fuck Alfred up. being a champ and just tossing that yeah. fucking bomb. <laughs> he took a fucking bomb to the face. Alfred's legit. But, um, you know, yeah, back in the hospital, though, <laughs> you know, we find out that, you know, the, at least the way it seems at the moment. Thomas hired Falcone to to help him silence a journalist, right? He's trying to bury this information. About Martha Wayne and how she she killed somebody, right? That's what she like killed somebody or she'd had like no, a. It was it was just kind of like the Arkham's were kind of had like a, a dark past. Yeah. And just like the fact that she had to be institutionalized for, for a while, just of, cause of her mental health, I guess. I didn't want yeah. it to hurt. Uh, daddy, the mayor image. campaign. Yeah. That's what it was. His, his run. Mm-hmm. And then, so we have this really, you know, really intense, conversation between bruce wayne and falcone which you know john turturro 
I don't, I've never, I never, I could have never pictured him as a mob boss. When I think of him, I think of him as the guy from Mr. Deeds as the butler, you know? <laughs> so for him to be this character was super interesting. They had, they had really good chemistry together in that scene. I feel like for him to be like, Oh yeah. You know, he asked me to do it and you know, like there's only one way to do it. And you know, like I was like, I had to make sure that I protected, which, you know, at that time I feel like he kind of was like, I just needed to protect my friend or whatever. Right. Because he was like saying it's like how much like, like he owed Thomas a favor. Cause like he was literally dying and he brought him into their house to like do like emergency surgery on him pretty much. Right. And so for him, you know, in that scene, Falcone, and we're backtracking kind of back to the beginning, uh, before, um, uh, at the steps before they go into the memorial service for the mayor before Colson blows up and, and we have the whole chasing of the police station. Uh, I, you know, Falcone definitely took it as, Oh, you know, my friend saved my life rather than, Oh, you know, he took the Hippocratic oath. He's a doctor. Of course, he's not going to let you die. Right. So very kind of con- the very different opinions about what that relationship was. Um, and then big, which again, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I wish I knew, but we find out that Selena Kyle is Falcone's like estranged daughter, right? That, uh, there was a, somebody that worked at the club that Falcone, you know, assaulted, whatever it is. I, I don't, I didn't remember that part, but, uh, she has a baby and she has her, uh, he has her mother killed. And so we find out that she's got this vendetta against him that he wants to get back at him for, you know, which kind of goes back to, oh, he owes me this money, right? He owes me that money because it's mine. You know, I'm her, I'm his daughter. Um, and then this is kind of where the, where Batman and Selena Kyle kind of diverge as far as like their, their true intentions, you know, Batman is seeking justice and vengeance. I guess he keeps saying vengeance, but he's seeking justice in the right way where Selena just wants to straight up kill him. Right. And so we see this is where this huge divide kind of comes between them because all she wants to do is she's out for revenge. And that's like, that's, she's just saying she's seeing red. That's what she's going for. So she's going in, she goes to the club to kind of, you know, take revenge on her friend her mom and just kind of everything. Um, and so, you know, luckily Batman gets to the, her in time and, you know, prevents that from happening, right? He gets arrested. They're walking out of the club and, you know, you know, we heard that, that quote earlier in the movie about bringing Falcone into the light. Like we're going to bring him into the light. We're going to bring him to justice or whatever. But literally, he walks outside, he starts to get into a fight with the Penguin, you know, about, we find out that Falcone is the person who was giving the DA's office inside information about the Salvatore Moroni's operation, which which is what got him shut down, right? And out of nowhere, you just hear a shot ring out, and Falcone's dead. And What a scene. Right? Wasn't that crazy? Cause like legit, how how it was framed up, it was like, cause you know the penguin and Falcone started arguing, and it looked like Falcone or not Falcone, but it looked like Penguin was gonna pull out a gun and shoot Falcone. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like you see like he's only halfway like pulling out, and you just hear 
hear a gunshot. It's like, the fuck? And then, of course, wouldn't you know it, you kind of like look up and you see a guy in a window. You can only assume that it's the Riddler. Just like domed Falcone in, in the light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he lets himself get caught. Yep. Like, he just lets himself get caught. You know. And... You know, he goes to talk to him in prison and kind of talks him in, 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 I guess, what ends up happening, which that conversation in general is really crazy because the Riddler, if I, if I kind of remember correctly, kind of thinks that him and Batman have a lot more in common than Batman thinks, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're out for the same thing. We're out for justice. We're out to, you know, rid the streets of all this lies and corruption and trash, which, of course, yes, but in very, very different ways what we end up finding out is that it looks like Batman missed a huge piece of the overall puzzle. You know, we missed a huge part of what the Riddler's true plan was. So we have to go back to his, you know, his lair, whatever you want to call it, that little apartment. And all of a sudden, what we realize is that he's about to blow a bunch of cars to release the, like to like the, the seawall to flood Gotham city. Um, and this is one of those movies again, where, where it kind of diverges from normal superhero movies where it actually happens. They didn't stop this from happening. He fucking blew up those walls. Mm-hmm. And I think for me it was like, uh, the, the kind of the whole thing for me was like, how many people actually died in this movie oh, as, wow. as a result of that? Many, right? many, like if you just imagine like Gotham city being like, the representation of New York, a whole bunch of people. I mean, that city got flooded. It's gone. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole city floods, right? So oh, yeah. everybody kind of starts to evacuate towards the the big, you know, Madison Square Parkish big stadium where the newly elected uh, mayor is holding her celebration thing. Uh, what did you guys think of that scene in the, uh, in that Superdome place? That was, that, that's essentially the end of the movie there. Where it's kind of like, that's kind of the last action piece that we get for that movie. Um, for me, what's really crazy is again, there's just, it's very, you know, these things could happen in, in real life, you know, which is sad to say, but these kind of things the what happened in that whole scene could be very real in an unfortunate situation just people hanging out the top of a tower with like rifles shooting down at the crowd right um and for what was crazy about that scene was one batman kicked the fuck out of everybody but for him to get like a straight up shotgun to the chest mm-hmm. double he, barrel baby he took that that shit was crazy he took that shotgun blast straight to the chest. And what's great is he like his breath got knocked out of him. Like he couldn't like get up after that. He was like, what the fuck? He got fucked. Yes, he did. Yeah, no, I mean that whole final scene I think was really, really great. You know, it really shows the power of, uh, you know, the Riddler had a lot of control very because of his radical you know opinions 
because he's expressive and brings it out to the light, you know, there's always those groups of people who are always willing to follow those same types of thoughts. So for that many people to show up to kind of continue with what the Riddler was wanting, his true message uh, was pretty interesting to me. Joel, go for it. Um, I just want to say backtrack a little. Um, I thought it was like cinematic genius with him saying boom with the explosions going off in the window. That for me, simple, but so damn effective. Him just yelling boom with the explosions going off. I was like, wow, that's just great. And then, But yeah, you know, it feels almost too real world. Like, oh, your city's infrastructure sucks. Fuck you, I'm going to flood the city. <laughs> and then all the people converge to one spot. He's like, hey, by the way, my fucking... Weird ass, creepy, invasive uh, supporters are gonna shoot y'all, you know. And they got easy access to guns. And then, you know, that man does what he does. He kicks their ass, gets that nice shotgun blast. Um, he, you know, he severs the uh, electricity so no one gets shocked. You know, he he chooses his hero moment, right? He knows. But even before that, um, uh, our buddy Fernando pointed out to us to resuscitate himself. He injects himself with the venom formula, like gets his adrenaline going, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's a nice little uh, little touch." That he's like, "Oh, I need to get back in this and kick some more ass." And he beats the shit out of that guy. Right? They had they have to like pull him off the guy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he like goes crazy. Like if Gordon wasn't there, he was gonna crush that guy's face. That guy was gonna be fucking dead. Yeah, um, a good last scene, and it just goes back to what you said. Like he, he didn't win. He didn't actually do a good job, but morally, you know, he, he did the right thing. He, he almost completely stopped the Riddler. He did most of it, but, you know, he missed some pieces of the puzzle, like you said. And, um, but yeah, it just shows like, hey, he didn't get corrupted. And I think that's was, you know, everyone is pretty corrupted, but he himself has not yet been. You know, he goes a little too extreme when kicking some people's ass, you know, but he hasn't betrayed people in the city, he feels. And, I think it was it was just a good ending. Everything, you know, all that groundwork they've been laying. And I was kind of worried. Like, No Way Home was like three hours. Didn't feel like it. I was like, eh, DC doesn't really feel, you know, like they've been doing it. But with this movie, I was like, oh, I can keep going. Like, it doesn't feel like three hours. So what about you, Brian? It looks like, Marcel, it looks like you had something to say real quick. No, all I was going to say was what, what this ending really does for batman as it is in year two is that his position as a vigilante for gotham city isn't about enacting vengeance on people right it's about giving people hope Mm -hmm. to to you know to not be afraid to to know that they're protected in that you know it was really interesting because you know that whole final one of the final scenes is you see him in daylight helping p carry people out like he is he's not just there to kick ass he's there to help mm-hmm. um yeah and yeah it, it was just a really great character development piece for him to really take him which you know we'll see how how he is and in, in the other two but kind of going back overall um you know this is a very different bruce wayne he's not eccentric he's not he doesn't flaunt his money he doesn't buy out a Russian ballet troupe to go and, you know, <laughs> fly across the world to kidnap a 
a tycoon or anything like that, right? He's just literally the guy down the street who just happens to wear a mask. Um, which what I liked about this movie and how they wrote Batman is that they don't let his fortune and money control like his how he he figures shit out right it's a very different way than what we're used to Mm -hmm. um but yeah i by the end of this movie i really appreciated the overall arc for batman like uh like we're saying like he doesn't win no. Like the Riddler, the Riddler eventually, you know, his plan does succeed to an extent. Like he has, even though he, the Riddler didn't fully succeed, he created enough terror and like he threw a wrench in the whole system. Now everything's all, all fucked up. But for Batman and Bruce Wayne, um, we get to see a full character arc that I think if you go back and watch the movie again, you can really appreciate it the second time. Just because when you when you start the movie out, you can actually start seeing the similarities between Riddler and Batman, just as how they operate. Because, yeah, one's doing it to cause chaos and, you know, form their justice, the, the Riddler. Um, and then Batman... He's doing it for the sake of vengeance, but in his mind, it's like it's justice. Like they're both, they're both seeking justice, just in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, is that down the line, Bruce f- realizes, like, oh shit, you know, I've been doing this the whole, I've been doing this the wrong way. I've been like going about it like almost kind of like the Riddler does, because we go back to the first, the first um, scene with Batman when he's beating up those thugs when you know he saves the he saves the dude in the subway he goes towards the the guy and he's like please don't you know please don't hurt me you know just you know you know just let me let me live and it's like that's not how you want someone to interact with someone that just saved your life you know right um right but then when we get to the the part in the arena and like all all the guys have been subdued, but you see um, that big electrical wire like dangling just like feet from like the pool of water where everybody is trapped. You know, he has that split second decision. It's like, oh fuck, you know, I need to I need to save everybody, and he just fucking leaps off that that balcony that um, that catwalk. Uses that sick. We didn't talk about this. That sick batarang knife that he just has yeah, in his, his like chest. chest. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking sick. I thought that was dope. And he just like leaps in. He just cuts the wire, and he falls into the water. And um, for a second, I thought he was like gonna. They're gonna do like a whole like, oh, we need to carry Batman to safety. Kind oh of god, thing. I would have no. that. That would have ruined the movie for me. <laughs> Pull Spider Man. I'm, I'm, like I'm glad they did Spider Man Three or whatever. Yeah, I'm glad, they, I, I'm glad they didn't because th- we got something even better. Just like everybody's trapped under like the staging, mm-hmm. like the state parts of the stage that collapsed. And, you know, he's 
he's reaching out a hand to like help people out and everybody's hesitant because they're looking like oh fuck that's the batman he's like they're they're still afraid of him there Mm -hmm. they're still afraid of him but then they they still think he's a threat yeah but then throughout the movie they've made it clear that when they have a scene where bruce whether he's bruce wayne or the or batman when he's in a scene with the mayor's son they have to just look at each other they don't they never talk to each other. They just like look at each other. And then it wasn't until the end of the scene where they're in the the arena where he like they both make eye contact again and then as he's reaching his hand, the kid, you know, extends his hand and he's the first one to like, you know, accept Batman's help. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. after that, everybody's just like, Oh fuck, you know, if this kid's gonna fucking do it, you know. Let's do it. And then Batman helps everybody, you know, uh, escape the arena. And then you see the whole scene when everybody's getting airlifted off of the, the roof. And then you had the the girl that Batman was carrying to the lift for the helicopter. And then she, because out of fear, you know, she immediately just like grabs on to like his arm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like not letting go. And then it's so perfect. Like they do such a good job just as Batman. Just like, he doesn't have to say anything. Like you can just see, you know, his like what you can see of his face or like, his eyes. Right. And you just like look and it's like he has that like look. It's like, hey, you know, you know, tr- like trust that it'll be okay. And you know, everybody, everything will be fine. And then she lets go when they lift her up, you know, to safety. But it's like at that point, like we are getting the Batman that everybody knows and loves. You know, whether he's a vigilante or not, it's like everybody respects and like, you know, admires Batman for being a hero. So now whenever we do get the sequel, we can start off with a Batman that everybody appreciates. And like the Batman that we're kind of used to seeing, but like he he'll still be kind of young, but like he's get, he's moving towards that legendary Batman that you know we're used to. Yeah, and I thought they did so well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was definitely fucking great. And and you know that's essentially the movie. You know we see Selena and Bruce kind of part ways or whatever. Um, before we move on to I wanted what I wanted to talk to next because we're almost done. I just wanted to tell you what I didn't like about the movie. Um, because I, I really liked everything else, but for me in some scenes or how it was brought up, I felt like the romance between Selena and Batman was a little forced for me. I just didn't see that progression of, I just didn't understand that progression for me. So I felt like the times that they had their moments of like intimacy, that kiss or whatever, it just uh, it felt so forced to me like they needed to make it happen. Um, I don't know if you guys felt that way, if you guys minded at all, but that was probably my biggest issue with the movie was that the romance piece, it, it just didn't flow well with the overall theme, and I'm sure they had to just break it up with it. But that was that. That's my only complaint about the movie is I just felt it was a little. It was a little out of place for me. It it, it was just kind of like touched on like a tiny bit. Like from what I underst- 
from what I was just like thinking, it's like the first time that like she kisses him, it was more kind of like a maybe like playful, but also kind of like like a femme you know, fatale like, type of like yeah, just kind of like as like maybe like asserting dominance in a way because th- this is like it was like very like early into like their partnership, so that's what was kind of weird. But then when we got to the point where. Uh, they've been teaming up for a while and they kind of kiss again. It, they're trying to, it seemed like they're trying to go for like a little bit more of like a, a romantic kind of thing. Yeah. But I do kind of agree that it, it was kind of like, not entirely out of nowhere, but it's just like, it's like, all right, I, you know, I guess we can do that now because everybody knows that they, they're an on again, off again, kind of like thing, thing in just like you- the Batman universe. Do you feel like your opinion of the movie would have changed if those scenes weren't there? Like, do you feel like those moments make or break your opinion of the movie for you? No. Okay. I I, I felt like they were there's such a short. If if they lingered on those for too long, maybe. But like it 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 wasn't even like thirty seconds like per kiss, you know. So it, it, for 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 me, it didn't like bother me too much. It was like, if anything, it was just like, oh okay, and then I just kind of moved on with the plot. You know? Do you feel like this Catwoman was a better Catwoman than Dark Knight Rises Catwoman? Because I sure do. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Dark Knight Rises is like Joel's favorite movie, oh so God. it's hard for him. I just said it isn't. <laughs> Uh, Joel, Joel, would you like to would you like to chime in? Um, just on what I found out recently, which is like Nolan passed up Zoe Kravitz because she was too ethnic, kind of soured it a little already for me. But that's just how I am. Oh um, boy, that that's bad timing for everything going on right now with his new movie too. I know, uh, that, but that he's doing. And Anne Hathaway did a great job, but Zoe Kravitz fucking knocked it out of the park. So that's my thoughts on that. Um. Yeah, I think, okay, I mean, I said it was, a, you know, 10 out of 10. I will nitpick. Uh, just for me, the immersion of, it's because we played this game a lot, the uh, murder mystery trivia game. All Dano's Riddler sounded like the same contestant host. He's like, all right, guys, we're going to play the game now. And I just, for a second, I couldn't uh, disassociate them. So that's just Oh, me. like when he's wearing the mask. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, all right, Bruce. And it's just like, oh no, it's murder mystery trivia too. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, but that that's just a nitpick, really. Uh, okay. Something. So we've talked about the movie. I think we all in general enjoyed it, of course. What do you guys think moving forward with with what's to come for the DC? What do you think that this movie means for the future of the dcu um we've already got confirmation that colin farrell will be reprising his own role his role as the penguin in his own hbo show but what about everything else you know we have a lot of movies that got pushed back this year that are now next year you know aquaman and the flash got pushed back which what was really funny for me just as a quick aside that when I was watching that movie, I saw like the, the future of DC 2022 trailer that with like the black Adam and all that coming out in 2022. And I was like, Oh, they probably should remove this from the theaters. Cause they just pushed all these movies back. 
<laughs> what do you guys think? What do you think is what do you think this means? Uh, do you think that we're going to get more type of content like this? Do you think, you know, did you, do you think the fans are reacting well to this movie enough to where Warner Brothers is going to like get it together and just let people just let these creators do what they do best? I hope so. Because I feel like this movie did so well, you know, and hopefully this shows like the the Warner Brothers executives like, okay, maybe we should, you know, dial back on like our whole universe plan and then maybe kind of, you know, kind of duck and weave between like what can be just like a standalone and like what can serve a good purpose as like a, a an EU kind of movie. Um as far as what I kind of hope for for this series, like when it becomes a series, um, they left so many interesting ideas on the table. Just cause, just for like small things they showed off in this movie, like Joel said, like they they kind of tease like the 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 Venom, the Titan formula. So maybe maybe we can actually get like a decent Bane. You know, no offense to Tom Hardy's Bane, but like, you know, let's get let's get a more accurate Bane. No, you want the Batman and Robin Bane, the most <laughs> oh. comic accurate Bane we've ever had. Oh yeah, with his zero dialogue. Um, but like we have that. Um, you know, I know this was a whole spoiler cast, but like spoiler for like the end of this movie where maybe uh the riddler is already in or not the riddler but the joker is already has a history with batman because we see him in uh arkham you know so maybe maybe we'll get a new joker down the line um one thing that like i had to like look this up um kind of diving deep but remember at the end of the movie they had like that that Riddler like URL mm-hmm. thing. So that's an actual like URL for a promotional website. Um, and apparently when the movie came out, they updated it to have a little bit more information. And apparently someone kind of deciphered the little riddle that was, that was on the uh, website and it had a reference to, I forget which exact comic it was, but it was a Batman comic that had to do with Two Face. Interesting. So we so we might get a new Harvey Dent uh, in the next movie as well, which I think would make sense because it seems like with this like down to earth kind of like Batman story has to do a lot with like corruption in leadership in the government, and you know Harvey Dent would certainly fit that you know narrative. You know, a guy that was trying to do good for Gotham and it ended up kind of blowing in his, pun intended, blowing up in his face. Um, and then becoming the villain that he becomes, you know, that would definitely, like, in that kind of universe, would be interesting to see how they would tangle with that. Maybe, maybe trying to bring in a new villain that hasn't really seen a live action version and see how they could kind of balance making a real life version um, I don't know if I told you, I told, talked to Joel about this, but, um, after we saw the movie, I was talking to Fernando and saying like, if they play it right, they could 
do an interesting take on Clayface. Interesting. It, like we couldn't like we couldn't have like the supernatural like mud man like Clayface, but like I just thought about this. Like, so what if the Clayface in this universe is a like we keep like the we keep like the failed actor kind of like background that Clayface has, but we use that as a a baseline to where like um maybe Clayface is very good with like movie like pros like face prosthetics and he's very good like with some studying time can mimic and impersonate like almost anybody. So like what if he could like oh kidnap a high ranking official of like the the Gotham's like government and then in like pose as them or maybe like maybe with some with some like deep fake stuff like you know create mm -hmm. fake evidence to kind of like control the government of Gotham. Yeah. So it would be it would be interesting. It could it like It'd be interesting, like, yes, it's cool that we would see like the usual like Rose Gallery, but like let's see, let's try to get creative with this, you know. This is a whole a whole new, you know, Batman universe that we can play around in, you know. Right. You can take these characters and really evolve it to fit kind of the 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 universe that they've set up, right? So like the Riddler is a real person, right? This is just a person with radical ideas who took action on them, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, Joel? Any final thoughts or anything else about the DCU? Anything else that you want to see that you have in mind? What you got going on? Uh, really quick for you. So we kind of glossed over. I know Brian was laughing about it. So first thing, when Alfred wakes up, Bruce Wayne fucking yells at <laughs> Alfred. Oh, I know. He's like, Why'd you lie to me? He's like, this motherfucker just got out of a coma and you're yelling at him? I just want to know what you thought of that before we, I go into your question. Uh I thought it was really kind of a bratty thing to do, if that makes sense. Like this oh, yeah. man, oh, but then sure. again, that just shows that just kind of shows you his emotional intelligence at that point yeah. and situational awareness of uh, your fucking father figure who raised you just almost got blown up because of you. And your first thought is you're a fucking liar. You can't believe you lied to me because of my daddy. Like what? <laughs> How does that make any sense to anything? That's that was wild to me. Yeah, that that's kind of what I thought. That was my thought in the movie. I was like, this motherfucker is like <laughs> this man is on his deathbed, and you're over here like griping on him over some fucking old shit. That was me. Right. We 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 shared our thoughts about that. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck, Bruce? Anyway, but it, it does play into his character, the emotional stunting and his parents not being there. But yeah, um you see. They would be smart to continue this universe and not breathe down Matt Reeves' neck or whoever else comes in next. Expand it. I think they. This is a gold mine, and it just shows like what they did with James Gunn and what they did with this. If they don't breathe down their necks and not say you need to catch up with Avengers, look what became of it. This is fucking great. As far as the future goes. I'm a little excited for the DCEU just because I want to see what they do with Flashpoint. That's all the Batman. I don't know if it's going to have this one, but, I, you know, just nostalgia. That's calling me Aquaman 2. I just want to see if they make him do better than the first one. The first one was was a little rough. I'm not going to lie. I'm, and I'm being generous. I'm being pretty generous. Like, you know, my dad loves the movie, though. And Black Adam looks fun. You know, I hope they go the way of Shazam. You know, that one was, like, good. It's fun. 
It knew what it was, and, you know, it wasn't trying to be, like, a bazillion things like BVS. So, as far as the future goes, it, I think it looks good. This is a turning point. You know, for me, Marvel is still fun and good, but some days I do feel like, yeah, the formula is a little... But then sometimes I, you know, like, No Way Home, I was like, that. wow, that was really good. But also, you know, it's Spider-Man, which is what we expect at the same time. But, um, yeah, I just... I think it's good stuff. I want them to continue on it, and uh, as long as you know they don't do some weird choices, I, I think they got it. Like I can't wait to see more, and I still stand by. What I'm gonna say, I'm probably stand by for a while. If they continue the path of this way, they're doing this Batman, it'll be better than the Nolan one, and that for a while I think was the standard for what people had for Batman. I think, I think what people are realizing is that they don't have to be these big. I mean, this movie was still like a $200 million movie, I think. It was still a fucking massive uh, production. But I don't think that they need to be the spectacle that the Nolan Batmans were, right? This This isn't a massive, like, you know... The the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were a spectacle from, from start to end all the way. I mean... He drives a fucking tank <laughs> for three movies, you know. Um, and I th- and I'm I'm and I'm glad that people are kind of coming to terms that that we don't need that type of uh like stimulation to enjoy a movie. Like this was a pretty pretty good slow burn movie if you really think about it. It's a detective movie. Um, and I like I said, my my biggest thing about the future of DC is I just really want them to let creators be creators. Stop letting your own corporate interests take over. You know, that's what ruined movies like the original Suicide Squad is that they're like, oh, no, you need to do this or no, you need to do that. And just let it be what it's going to be and let the audience decide. You know, Um, they, they gave control to James Gunn to do the Suicide Squad movie and it was one of the better movies that we saw last year. I think it was right. Suicide squad was last year, right? 2021. I think so. Yes. So, you know, uh, I am apprehensive about Aquaman a little bit. The flash. I think, I think Barry Allen as a character is already pretty quirky and crazy. So I, I kind of know what I'm getting myself into for the flash black Adam you know, same kind of way. I mean, I like Shazam. We under, we know who Shazam is, but I'm curious to see what they'll do with Black Adam, especially because Doctor Fate's in it, and uh, Doctor Fate's probably one of my favorite DC characters because he looks dope as fuck. Um, I just, like I said, all I want them to do if if they ever hear this, which I highly doubt that they will, but if they ever hear this, just trust your writers, trust your creators. They know what people who are in the fandom they know what we like and just let them let it just let them bring it to the big screen i want to uh, do a, a budget report real quick so estimated this movie this movie's budget was 185 to 200 million dollars as of recording box office is 472.2 million dollars yeah nice so 
Warner Brothers. Making it happen. This I mean, there's money. They're this still makes get, money. Do good stuff. Mo- they're getting their check. Uh, any any final thoughts? Anything else that we want to say before we sign off for this uh, episode? This review episode. First, Brian. Um, yeah, just just trust just trust your directors. You know, we we've seen what can happen if you just let a plan go through. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can start getting more DC movies like this. You know, I I want, like, it's, I am kind of sad that it's kind of seems like it's too late to get, um, a cyborg movie because, you know, they pretty much chased off, uh, Fisher, yeah, uh, Fisher. Sorry, I had a brain fart for a second. <laughs> um, because I really liked him as as Cyborg. Cyborg's one of my favorite DC characters, and so it's just kind of sad that you know we, just because of bad dealings and poor treatment, you know, we've kind of lost a good opportunity to make something good. But I hope that Warner Brothers has kind of learned our lesson and that they kind of keep on this creative path that will hopefully lead down to many more enjoyable movie theater experiences. Oh, um, just, I f- forgot to mention that practical effects hallway fight scene with the guns was top tier shit. Good shit. I, the practical effects in this movie were amazing. I want to see more, but yeah, strong, fun, good, solid Batman film. And good, good superhero movie too. I, I say, and DC, if you ever do listen, this is what you need to do. This is it. This is the formula. You don't need any others. Just trust your creators, like Marcel was saying. All right, that's it. Well, yeah, guys. Well, hey, thanks so much for sitting with me today. This was again. This was such an awesome movie. I'm glad that this movie exists, and you know, I, I. I th- 22 is already well in full swing, but I think this definitely is probably my favorite movie of the year so far. I can't even remember what other movies I've seen this year already, but um, yeah, I think from all of us here, just thanks for listening, guys. We hope you have a a very, very, very great day if you're listening to this in the morning or if you're listening to this at night. You know, do do what you do, but uh, I think from all of us here, we'll catch you on the next one. I know we have a lot of stuff coming out this year, and I think next we'll, you know, we'll see what happens next. But uh, good night, everybody. Or good afternoon, whatever you guys are doing. I'll talk to you later. Same bat time. Same Same bat bat place.